The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Also from Luke 5 as well as Luke 6. Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 14, reading from the New King James Version tonight. Are you ready? Very good. Lots of scripture tonight, so I hope you brought your page turning or tapping fingers, whatever you're using to look at the word. iPad, iPhone, Android, Bible app, or if you have a traditional leather-bound onion skin one like I'm reading from right now. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Are you ready? Set? Go. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Even Jesus went to church. And they crucified him. He still went. And he stood up to read, verse 17, and was handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Go to chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power, everybody say that, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Go to chapter 6 now and verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for the power, for power went out of him and healed them all. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do this, this evening. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get in the word tonight. So excited about this text. So excited about the new series that we are embarking on. On Mother's Day in 1980, at a church in California, pastored by a, name of, a man by the name of John Wimber, some of you know who that is, he was the founder of the Vineyard Churches, invited the man, Lonnie Frisbee, who did not end well, but Lonnie Frisbee was a, 
was a long-bearded, long-haired hippie guy in California, in Southern California. Actually, he was friends with Dr. Morocco. Many people don't know that. Dr. Morocco and Lonnie Frisbee used to witness on the streets of Huntington Beach during what is now called the Jesus Movement or Jesus People. This is a part of history, revival history of America. And there were thousands upon thousands of people that came to the knowledge of Christ. And if you were to go down to the beaches of Southern California on any given day, on any given day, you could see thousands being baptized. You would always see, I'm told, as I've read accounts, you would always see people getting baptized any day of the week. Any day, you would see people getting baptized. On certain days, you would see thousands upon thousands of people getting baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what was one of the forerunning churches during that time was Calvary Chapel. And uh, a man by the name of Chuck Smith, Chuck Smith, who then became Papa Chuck, rose during that time. In fact, he just went off to be with the Lord uh, this past year. But on Mother's Day 1980 at John Wimber's church, this unusual long-haired hippie Jesus person came. In fact, you can go uh, to YouTube and look it up. You might even find sections of the actual sermon. I did. I believe I found sections of the actual sermon when he preached uh, at Costa Mesa and other places. But on 1980 Mother's Day, he stood before the congregation after talking and sharing his testimony in a really like cool dude, early 70s sort of way. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just real sort of conversational and cruise and talking about the Lord. And then there comes this point at the, when he's just done talking and he says out loud, Holy Spirit, come. And the power of the Holy Spirit falls in this church and people begin to weep. People begin to cry. People start falling off of their chairs. The altar, people start rushing the altar in to receive Christ and get saved. The whole place comes under this fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit. Now what's interesting, if you, anybody ever been in the Vineyard Church, you went and you visited, all right, raise your hand, hi. All right, if you visited Vineyard Churches, even today, you will hear that echoed, Holy Spirit come. Because of the power that was released on that Mother's Day in 1980. And it became like a touch phrase for, for their church. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I've found in my own vernacular, in my own terminologies, I've been pastoring for many years now, uh, not as many as some, and maybe more than others. <laughs> I've found that I have a phrase that I've just, I've said for years. And it's, I, I didn't even know the history of the vineyard and the outpouring of the Spirit of God that took place there. I didn't know that. But it is Holy Spirit come. And, and you'll frequently, if I, if I, you see me in prayer, early morning prayer here, commonly I'll say, Holy Ghost, come. Does that sound familiar? Holy Ghost, come. I'm regularly doing that. And I've found that when I've called on the Lord to come upon me, He does. And in many services, we've seen God come like a mighty, even rushing wind. Comes in different ways. But He comes, and He's here tonight. And so... I thought I would start a, serve, a, a series called Holy Ghost Come. Now, there's another reason I picked Holy Ghost instead of Holy Spirit. 
because there is a religious uh, tendency that's begun to try to make the move of the Holy Spirit seeker-friendly. Or I should say the move of the Holy Ghost seeker-friendly. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman most of the time. But in certain denominations, including the one that we are affiliated with, they've encouraged churches to say, don't say Holy Ghost anymore. Say Holy Spirit. And to me, it just bothered me. And I thought, I just want to say Holy Ghost more. Instead of, I just, I, I just think I'm going to say Holy Ghost all the time. And I thought, well, that's maybe, maybe a little rebellion. Then again, maybe we need a good rebellion. So I will use Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost throughout the, the service tonight. There are many places I'm going to teach you, and then we're going to let the Holy Ghost come. There's many different places we could pick up our journey. Uh, we could start in the Old Testament. I've done that at other times. Look at how the Holy Spirit moved in the Old Testament. But we're going to look at the New Testament. And we might reference in the course of this uh, journey, this new series, Holy Ghost Come, the Old Testament as well. But we're going to start with Jesus because he's my favorite person in all the world. So we're going to start with, with Jesus. Go look at your notes. How many of you got notes? You got notes? All right, good. Fill, fill them in as we move along. I, I, I make them not to, so that you can make paper airplanes, but so that you could fill in the blank and hopefully uh, go preach it to somebody else. The Holy Spirit at Jesus' birth, the Holy Spirit formed him in the womb of Mary. That's a fascinating thought. The Holy Spirit formed him. Mary was a virgin. She slept with no man, yet became pregnant. By the way, that doesn't happen anymore. All right? Just saying, that is no longer happening. The virgin birth. If you look at Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit hoovered over or hovered over or brooded over the waters at the beginning of creation. There's a tie there that the Holy Spirit is involved in creation and the Holy Spirit formed him in his mother's womb. In fact, the angel in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30 says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. It's really the same word, hovering over. The Holy Spirit will come and hover over you. Matthew 1 and verse 18 says, And this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Joseph's not too excited about that. In verse 19, he didn't want to bring public disgrace. Verse 20 but after he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Wow, fascinating. So right here at our hero's conception, the Immaculate Conception, the Holy Spirit is the one that did it. And here's what's interesting. The affirmation of who Jesus is is produced by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. 
Mary and Elizabeth. How many of you know this story? The Holy Spirit brings conception, and the angel says to Mary, Elizabeth is pregnant. Well, there's no way that Mary knew that. But Mary now knows it because the angel tells her. And on arrival to Elizabeth's house, the Holy Spirit fills her. She prophesies, which the gifts of the Spirit only come really through the, man the manifestation of the, of the Holy Spirit is the gifts of the Spirit. She prophesies, and the baby, who's John the Baptist, is, leaps in her womb. Wow. You'll notice that Zechariah in Luke chapter 1 prophesies under the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1 and 67, verse 67, Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He gave the prophecy. He prophesies. And Anna and Simeon, well, Simeon in Luke 2, 25, prophesies. By the Holy Spirit. How? By the Holy Spirit. Anna was a prophetess. And she prophesied. Prophecy is a work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the giver of the Holy Spirit. Write it in your notes. Jesus is the what? The giver of the Holy Spirit. We see in John 1 and 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me. Now this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, this is He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Who baptizes with the Holy Spirit? Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And that's the witness of John the Baptist. John testifies in Matthew 3 and verse 11. Matthew 3, 11. Put it up if you will, please. John testifies, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. fire. Who baptizes? Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and, and fire. Jesus is the means by which the Holy Spirit was released. Without His death and His resurrection, you could not be filled with the Spirit. In John 4 and 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of Him went out throughout all the surrounding region. You know, it's an interesting thing. I have a little note here. It's one thing to be baptized in the Spirit, I believe. Quite another to have the power of the Spirit. Now, you could say the power of the Spirit is the baptism of the Spirit. Being saved and having the power of the Spirit are two totally different things. Many people are saved. Not so many walk in power. So Jesus returns in the power of the Spirit. Wow. In John 7, 37, he said, On the last day, on the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly or out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this verse 39, he spoke concerning the Spirit. Concerning the Spirit 
whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Just making some things plain, some things clear before we get to look at our, our main text here tonight. Jesus' witness, he said in John 20 and 22, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now some say, well, didn't they receive the Holy Spirit then? Some say that's the birth of the church. Some say it was a prophetic act. They didn't have a, an Acts chapter 2 experience right here. But he breathes on them. It's clear that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So you want to get clear on that. Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem and to you endued with power from on high. All right. Some foundation. That brings us to the main text here. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He's fully man, fully God. But as he operated in the earth, he operated as a man filled with the Spirit. Isaiah 61 is the text that he read from, which we read here in Luke 4.18. And what he's clearly saying is that he is the Messiah. Messiah, anointed one, um, the Christ. Messiah is the Hebrew title. Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah. That's his Hebrew title. So Messiah is not his last name. It's who he is. In fact, it's the Messiah or anointed one. They would actually call kings. The anointed ones are Messiah. But he is the, the Messiah. In the, in the New Testament, which is, is Greek, it's translated Christ, Jesus Christ. I remember when I was first coming to the knowledge of the Lord, and my brother would witness to me all the time. And uh, he said, dude, you need to give your heart to Jesus. I said, first of all, bro, his name is Christ. And it's not, Je how many of you know Christ is not his last name? Amen. I was so Catholic. Catholic, pagan, Buddhist, humanist. Wow. Fully man, fully God, but in the earth he operated as a man filled with the Spirit. Very important to note that. It's important to note. A, a man without sin yet, but fully man, fully God on earth operating in the fullness of the Spirit as a man. All right. And Luke 5 says that the power of the Lord was present to heal. The power flowed through him was the Holy Spirit. The power that flowed through Jesus to heal the sick, to do miracles, to do signs, to do wonders, is the mighty Holy Ghost. And I might tell you also the same Holy Ghost that you have that I have. That's why we can say... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does he strengthen you? By the Holy Ghost. It's more than theology. Do you understand? It's an, it's an encounter. It's a relationship with him. It's more than head knowledge. When I say theology, the, theology, the study of God, it's more than just a study with a carnal mind. 
It's actually to enter into an experience with the living God with the same power that raised him from the dead. That is a very different thing. You could be an intellectual Christian all your life. And we get away with that in America because we don't have too many devils. You know, they're religious demons, mostly. Occasionally we have some other ones. Like I said before, I got myself in trouble, but since I'm in it already. Demons used to manifest in services on a regular basis. They don't happen, it doesn't happen so much anymore. I think that's because of an increase of prayer, authority, all of that. People are getting free all the time here. And if you need to be set free tonight, you're in the right place. And I'm not, I'm not joking about that. Praise God, you can come and get set free. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be afflicted. You don't have to smoke something to feel better. You don't have to, come on, I'm telling you, you can be delivered. You don't have to be sad. You can be glad. The good news means good news. It means the poor don't have to be poor anymore. It means that the brokenhearted don't have to be brokenhearted anymore. Those that are behind prisons today in the spirit don't have to be behind a prison anymore. You can be liberated. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Many times demons used to manifest in services, and some of you know what I'm talking about, years gone by. Come on, they used to hand bags to people when they walked in. A little bag. Don't raise your hand if you remember that. They used to hand you a little, little, a little sandwich bag just in case you had to throw up to get rid of your demon. That was some Pentecostal nonsense. So that if you were demonized, you'd, have you seen people throw up that had demons? Of course. Duh. But it doesn't mean you have to. And if you are throwing up, doesn't mean you have one. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, they're throwing up that. I bind that demon right now. Many times there's manifestations of darkness in services to distract people, to pull the attention off the word, to pull the attention off of the worship of the living God and to bring it on to some little minion that's tormenting a poor soul. And I think that that doesn't happen so much anymore because we have smartphones. And you can be distracted by your smartphone, and uh, that's why. Okay. All right. The power that flowed through Jesus is the power of the Holy Spirit. Say it with me. The power that flowed through Jesus is the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God's speaking to us. He's speaking to us tonight. Listen, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I can't see him. You can through his gifts. You know, it's interesting. I think I saw it on Facebook, so it's got to be true. I think Jesus probably, I think probably Jesus believes it also because it was on Facebook. I, I'm, I'm just kidding. But if you take a candle, you know, you take a match and you light it and you put it next to a wall, you see the shadow of the hand, you see the shadow of the match, but you do not see the fire. How do you know the wind's blowing? I mean, how do we know that the wind's blowing? I mean, you look at the trees. Can you see the wind? Can you see? No, but you can, kind of. When you see leaves falling, you see the evidence of wind. The Holy Spirit, can you see the Holy Spirit? Well, you can see the trees moving, though. You, are you tracking with me? If you're tracking, just nod. The gifts of the Spirit are evidence 
of the moving of the trees. Can I say it that way? The gifts of the Spirit, and you can read them in Corinthians, the list of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, but in Romans and, and in other places. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to move and flow through us. How does that happen? It happens by the gifts of the Spirit. It's more than just your hair standing on end. I mean, I like that feeling like, woo, yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've had my hair stand on end by the evil too, though. And we're like, ugh, no, right? See, if you, if you, discernment will come to you, if you practice the, ooh, yes, Lord, then the second you get in the, ooh, no, you know it's evil. It helps you. All right, you might get that on the way home. Here's the thing that we are very um, targeted with here at KC. I love the Holy Spirit. I mean, I love Jesus. I love the, love the Father, of course. The move of the Spirit I have found in my own personal life. If I don't have a move of the power of the Holy Ghost in my own heart, personally, I dry up. I, get, I mean, you can study. It's wonderful to study. I'm into studying. I'm always teaching you the Word. I'm not reading from the Reader's Digest tonight. I'm not reading you Scripture out of the World Book, Encyclopedia Britannica or something. This is Scripture. You'll get the Word here. But if all you do is have the Word, you're going to dry up. And many denominations that, that we could just name on down the line, they started with the baptism of fire. They ended up as dry as dead man's bone. And you say, well, is that going to happen here? Not while I'm alive. So we have to get our next generation on fire. Amen. Lord, we pray even now for the youth over there at the King of Kings. Did you know that? The, the Lutheran church, God bless them. They let us use their building. And... Uh, and, and you know what? We need to bless them for that, Pastor Alex. So we're going to figure that out. They just do it for Oh, no. They gave us the keys. Oh, we love what God's doing in the body of Christ. Here's the keys, Pastor. Use our building as much as you want to. You know, we need it on Sunday, though. <laughs> Praise God. What a, well, I mean, Lord, bless them. Pour out your spirit right now in that building right now with all those 50, 60 youth down there in Jesus' name. How come they moved down there, Pastor? Because the rest of the church is filled with children. Oh, there's about 300 people here tonight. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, God's doing great stuff. Before I move to, to what I feel like God is saying to us, I want you to contend, I want you to begin to believe that God would show up in your life like you have never seen him show up before. That his power would be manifested in your heart. If you are having a dull, boring walk with Jesus, something's wrong. A dull believer is a weak believer. You say, well, well how do you get out from being dull? Well, There's a lot of ways. But I think one of the main things is contending for to fight for the move of the Spirit of God in your life. I, I, you know what one of my favorite services is all week? Our prayer meeting is amazing. Our prayer meeting at the barn, I'm just telling you, I, I'm finding myself just waking up exhausted. I didn't get to bed till midnight. Got to get up at 6. 
That's not good enough for me. Maybe you can sleep on, you know, five, six hours for me. It's rough. That alarm goes off. I'm like, Karen. <laughs> and I'm finding myself, man, oh, it's going to be good today. Oh, I'm going to go see you, Jesus. Get up and go down there and pray. Sometimes there's as many as 50 people. I think we've had 60-something there. Most of the time, it's about 25 or 30. And that place rocks. And we pray in the Spirit for prolonged periods of time. It's only an hour meeting, and then, well, it's an hour, and then there's another one that follows that. I love what Dr. Morocco said. You can tell what's going on in the church by the amount of prayer meetings they have. And I thought, ooh. If there's no prayer meetings in a church, something is wrong. Or there's going to be something wrong. Can I, can I just talk on that for a second? It's early, man. It's only 10 after 8. Praise God. We used to have prayer at 5.30 in the morning, and I, I'm not sure if Jesus gets up then, but how many of you know he doesn't sleep or slumber for all of you theologians? Okay. I'm in my 5.30. I'm not working too good. And so... You know, we'd go to 5.30 in the morning, and we changed it to 7. And, uh, and 5.30 was great for many people. It was hard for me. And honestly, you know, it was under a mandate. We're under a mandate, really. It's part of the DNA of KC to have prayer meetings. Isn't that right, Pastor Kirsten? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Pastor Kirsten loves prayer. And there's been times in my life where I... I, you know, I, del I would delegate the morning prayer meeting as a senior pastor here. I would delegate it. And, you know, thank God people are praying, but I'm getting rest. You know, the strain of the ministry. And, and there is strain in the ministry. But I, I made every excuse and rationale for not being there. And see, I found something. Here's what I found. When I wouldn't be in prayer, we had more little itty-bitty ankle-biting problems. We had more strife. We ha you know how much strife we have now? Zero. Zero. We have zero. The enemy tries to rear his ugly little head, but it gets amputated in morning prayer. Listen, we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And you've got to get in a place of prayer and contend for his outpouring in your life. And if you, listen, use how much time for the love of God? How much time do you spend in front of a mirror grooming yourself? Did you, did you look in the mirror today? How don't raise your hand. How much time did you spend grooming your flesh? So you could show up somewhere and not look disheveled and like a dirt bag. Right? Okay, you're like, what's he talking about? I never look in the mirror. Okay. Many people do. And many people actually worship before a mirror. If we spend time before a mirror, I mean, how much more time? Listen, the flesh counts for nothing, but the spirit gives life. How much time did you spend before God asking for the release of his power in your life today? I'm encouraged because I see more and more. I know not everybody can make it to morning prayer, and I'm not trying to put condemnation on you. And I know that we're a church that prays, and I'm thankful for that. We have to contend for the outpouring of the Spirit. 
You need, write your, your notes now, we need the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Listen, if we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in, in high places and dark places, then your flesh is not going to do much to help you in that arena. Can I get a witness up in the house of God tonight? So what is going to help you in there? The word of the Lord? Yes. God's word? Yes. The Holy Spirit? Why would, why would God give us, why would Jesus send the Holy Spirit if you didn't need it? If you don't have the Holy Spirit power in you, when you face attacks, and attacks will come. It's just a normal part of being a believer. Amen. He said, when are they over? When it's over. So I'm 80. Am I still going to have attacks on 80? Yes. As long as you're breathing, you'll have attacks. Think about all the victories you get, though. I don't know why the enemy comes around for a beating around my house, but he likes to come occasionally. What are you talking about? He has no authority. He has zero authority. He has no right. And yet in the midst of that, geez, you see tragedy happen like with our dear sister. Explain that. Explain that, Pastor. Family love God. Love me. Read her Facebook. It's like, you know. Oh, Lord, do this, do that. Everything on there is all God. God, 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 everywhere, the whole thing. So where was God then? Listen, you're not God. And neither am I. And the truth is, I have no idea. I know that God is good and the devil's a liar. And I know that, I know that there's evil in the world. And I know that there's just natural consequences for things that take place. I mean, you can stand out in your in your birthday suit at 20 below zero all night, Bubba, you're going to get a cold. Duh. And if you drive over on the other side of the lane while driving a car, you're going to get it in accident. So is the devil behind it? I don't know. I just trust God. I, I've tried to figure things out. You know, why is a horrible, tormenting question to come up with. We read the word and we know that his God is good. When you ask why, listen, you'll find out when you get there. Um, our, our, our dear brother and sister with your, your child that was born. I love what, I love what she heard. Birgit, what Birgit heard in heaven is a profound thing. She's nearly, she, she coded, she nearly passed, right? She coded, right? Dan was there praying. I was there for a section of that. And many, we were believing God. She, she passed. Okay, she had an experience going to heaven. This just happened a couple months ago, right? Three months. And in heaven, she, and I can't remember if it was the angel that was carrying her. I, she has to write the book. She, in fact, she has so many stories. But... The word was, whether it came from the angel or the, the, the ant that was, she was named after, I forget which. It, the, the point is, you don't understand what's going on right now. There's a great battle all around you, but you'll understand later. I love that. We have to figure things out. Can I tell you something? You don't know how planets don't crash into each other. Just our, just our universe. Let's just talk about ours. A hundred thousand light years across our galaxy. 
one of 50 billion galaxies. He knows every star by name. Oh, the scientists say that they're dead, or they're lost. They just don't know where they are. He's still creating. Big Bang, I believe the Big Bang. Let there be light, bang, I believe that. And yet when things happen, like, like what happened, we're like, oh God, why? God? Listen, don't ever do that. Turn your heart and say, God, what? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to live? You need the power of the working of the Holy Ghost in your life. Or when tragedy or difficulty befalls you, you'll just crumble and fail and throw in the towel. When a world is waiting for you on whom the end of the ages has come. God is looking for a people. God is looking for a generation. God is looking for those who will stand up and boldly declare the word and, and demonstrate it. And demonstrate it. Come on, say, we need the working of the Holy Spirit. Look at B. Seek to be filled with the Spirit. I said this before. We leak. You leak. I leak. All the stuff we face. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, but we're crackpots. We need help. And you've got to seek Him. Come on, he's bigger than cigarettes. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than all the difficulties that you face. But if you don't learn to seek him, you won't have a release of the power of God in your life like you could. Come on, say amen. amen. Ask, knock, seek. You know, I uh, got rather large. I made this declaration, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Instead, I gained it. I was running down the hallway and something was chasing me. I turned around as part of my anatomy. The truth is, I was just eating too much. And something is happening to my metabolism. It's different than I was younger. My younger, you know, I was younger, my metabolism is different than when I got now. Apparently, I have the metabolism that the Lord wants me to have. Except I have the appetite of a 20-year-old. You have the appetite of a 20-year-old and, and the metabolism of a more mature man. It ends up in large quantities of fat. And so, I've had to curb my appetite. Now, if, if I didn't eat at all, if you lost your appetite at all and didn't eat anything, how many of you know you'd get sick? You'd, if you don't eat, you're going to die. I mean, you can fast, and, but eventually you'll die. How many of you know that? Some people have eating disorders, by which, by the way, you can get healed from. Anorexia nervosa, so on and so forth. Believe me, you can get healed. Self-hatred, all that stuff. You can get set free. Amen? Come on, say amen. I don't have that. I just like to eat too much, or maybe it's my flesh. And I found, that, I found that when I'm under stress, I can get comforted by food. 
Don't raise your hand. You know it's true. You're like, you, you, you feed yourself. I've been under great duress at times and found myself falling and suddenly realized, I think I just ate something. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking Don't raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about, though? He'd be like, you find yourself, man. I'm in the fridge. My head's in the refrigerator. You found yourself. You're standing there. I found myself, and I'm praying in the spirit of my house. I'll find myself just, all of a sudden, I've got the fridge open. I'm not even hungry. It's like, what are you doing? Lord, do you want me to eat? No. I want you to have chocolate. Yes, God, yes. make the application here so if you eat too much you're going to get large right or you know you may not have a thyroid problem there's different things that can move We've got some doctors here am I right doc you know you eat too much it's not good for you but you can have a thyroid problem different things that make you overweight which can be bad for your heart so on and so forth and so I I've been trying to lose weight so it's interesting I curbed my appetite and I'm losing weight like crazy I'm exercising it's great I got 50 pounds to go. Jesus, help me. But praise the Lord. Praise God. Now listen, what happens? What happens if you don't eat spiritually? Oh, I, I'm not even talking about the Word because many people have a devotion that's wonderful. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. What happens if you don't seek God to, 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 to fill you? If you ask the Spirit to come, what happens if you don't contend for the gifts of the Spirit? What happens if you don't press in to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God? What happens, what happens if you relegate your walk to a little Bible study? Then you won't have the dunamis, the power of the Holy Spirit. You won't have that in your life, not to the degree that He wants you to have it. So we've got, we've got, to, we've got to seek to be filled with the Spirit. How's your spiritual appetite? How hungry are you for God? I'm, I'm, we could talk about the word. We've done it at other services, but in, in the context tonight, how hungry are you for the Holy Spirit? So I'm really nervous about the Holy Spirit. All right? Listen, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, like I said, mostly, because I've had times when he wasn't so gentlemanly with me, but mostly, mostly. He's a gentleman. So in other words, if you're like, uh, no, thank you, uh, he'll say, oh, well, no problem. And he'll just back away. I'll never forget being in a service years ago on the island of Kauai. Power of God was coming down like few times I've seen in my ministry. And it was one of those fearsome levels of glory. It's happened a number of times here. It's not like now. There's an anointing now. You can feel his presence. Wonderful. When the glory of God comes, there ain't nobody talking. People start getting on their floor, on the floor, and it gets it gets a little it gets more than unnerving. It's it's to fear the Lord. It gets a little scary. You get low, and you're not quite sure what's about to happen. Okay, so it was that level. And as I'm leaning on my pulpit, I look over and I see Pastor Josh Morocco, who will be here on November 8th, preaching and prophesying. You don't want to miss that weekend. I looked over at him, and he got on his knees and got on his face and was on the ground the worship leaders out so I look over and I thought oh God and at that time you know as a pastor flowing in the spirit listen we can just have a regular service we can have a regular service with three three songs 
We take an offering. I preach to you three points. I close. We pray a benediction, and we all go home. Okay, is there anything wrong with that? A regular diet of that, I think, is something wrong with that. For me. For who we are. Because I know that God wants to touch you in a way that is beyond intellectual study of a three-point sermon. And God uses that too. You see, He'll use whatever you allow Him to have. If you yield to Him, He'll, he'll come. You desire Him, draw near to me, I draw near unto you, says James. Then He'll come. But if you resist Him, then He'll just... He'll give, he'll take whatever little pocket you give him. He, if you give him a little sliver in a service or a little sliver of your family, or a little sliver of your quiet time, he'll take that and he'll be happy for it. But if you'll yield, like in this service, I don't know what to do. God's touching people. I want to, I don't know if, I don't know if God himself is going to manifest visibly before me, Jesus started laying hands on people. And it was like really, really intense, really scary. And I remember just going like this, I said, Lord, uh, not on the mic. I just kind of looked around and said, Lord, uh, I, I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? I had prayed in the spirit. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I prayed. The Lord said this to me. He said, you can take the service, son, and it'll be great. Do whatever you want. I thought, whoa. He said, or you can let me have it. Listen to that. Take the service. It'll be good. You can do whatever you want. Or you can let me have it. And I thought, Cool, cool, right ahead. God, go right ahead. I will tell you my experience of that service, and different people had different experiences. My experience in that service is when I said go ahead, and I just kind of backed away and got down on my knees, I saw a flash of what I saw was a flash of blue light off the right side, and then immediately I saw the same thing off the left, and the place got leveled. There were three transvestites in that service in the very back of the church. And when that happened, they all stood up at the same time and screamed. Ah! With a full dead sprint all the way across the sanctuary, blasted right out the front doors into the parking lot. My ushers tell me they never stopped running. <laughs> now, let me just tell you. What happened is one of those men, one of those men eventually came back to our church, gave his heart to Christ, wearing a bra and everything. In fact, in fact, they, he says to his sister who invited him after one of those services, he says, man, that guy was praying for me. And he said, Lord, bless her. Can you believe that? And she says, dude, you're dressing, you're in a dress. He's all, oh yeah. Do you know that he is on fire, one of our on-fire leaders in, California, in, in, uh, in Texas now, been delivered for many years, lives on fire for God, totally set free, has, has no, no hint of any of that stuff. You would never know it. His name is Patrick. He shares his test. Don't tell me that the power of the Holy Spirit can't come. He can, but you need to make room. You need to invite him. You need to contend for it. And, you know, that can be really uncomfortable. You've got to live dependent on the Holy Spirit. Everybody say live dependent. Ask Him to come. Holy Ghost, come. Holy Ghost, come. Do that in your home. 
Let those words be on your lips when you wake up in the morning. Holy Spirit, come. And just wait for him. Get up a little early. Holy Ghost, come. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thine strength and thy power. In thine own special way. Put your hands together while Minister Micah walks up the aisle. Come on. Come on, sing it again. Come, Holy Spirit, stand on your feet. I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, sing with me. I pray. Come in thine strength and thy power. Holy Ghost, come. Release your power all across this place. Come on, I didn't preach long to you. It's only 8.30. Holy Ghost, come. Right now. Right now, Holy Spirit. Come on, unplug from being a spectator right now. Come on, unplug from being somebody who's just an onlooker. Although, you can have a mighty touch by seeing somebody else get touched. I, I've had that happen. But Christianity is not a spectator sport. Come on, enter in. Holy Ghost. sing that hymn so uh, I need the Lord every hour come on just lift your voice and worship it
it's an old hymn full of truth. with the Holy Spirit and you never have been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues I want to invite you to come right now if you're sick in your physical body and you need a miracle or you need a word from God you need a touch from the Spirit this need to be you know we leak so you just need to be filled touched I want you to come you need to have any kind of ailment or pain in your elbows the Lord's going to touch you He's going to heal you all kind of wrist problems these are words of knowledge Somebody's here with the left wrist that cracks. It cracks and there's pain that even travels down your arm. If you're here, God's going to heal you. Step all the way up to the front. Come on, this is, this is the trees blowing now. This is the leaves blowing and moving and stirring. The Holy Spirit's here. Come on, just find a place. I want all of my leaders to come, all of the healing team people. Come on, come on, come. We're going to pray for you. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Just lift your hands, begin to worship Him, and invite Him to come. Jesus wants to fill you right now, baptize you right now. Come on. Sing, I need thee. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, every hour, I need Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come. I need thee. I need thee, Lord. I need Release your power right now across this place. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Holy God. Bless me now, my 
be by your side. I won't be by your side. So I'm never gonna go back. online in Jesus name be healed be free everywhere Jesus went he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the good news to the poor recovery of sight to the blind the healing for the brokenhearted the set at liberty those that are bound that is why Jesus came that is why he came Isaiah 61, Luke chapter 4. That's why he came, to destroy the works of the devil. You can't teach devils. You have to forcefully evict them. The authority of the word by the power of the spirit. Contend. Contend for an outpouring in your own life. Let those words be on your mouth. Holy Ghost, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, say it with me. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. It's a declaration of our great dependence on the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's a prayer. It's a prayer in crying out unto God for the, the power to overcome evil. Yes, the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're here, you're not right with God, and you need to be forgiven tonight. 
You need to be forgiven tonight. If you're not right with God and you know it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or perhaps you need to make a recommitment because you drifted in your walk. And you want to come home tonight. If that's you, all across this place, you want to get right with Jesus. You see, that's me, Pastor. Then pray this prayer. Right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your only son, Jesus, to die in my place and to rise again from the grave. I ask you tonight to forgive me for all of my sin, my lies, and everything I've ever done wrong. I'm sorry. Come into my life now. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And use my life for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I say this. Say, I'm born again. My sin is forgiven. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The devil's defeated. Say that again. The devil is defeated. I have authority. Come on, say, I have authority. I have power. God loves me. He's carved me in the palm of his hand. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'll serve him all of my life and give him all the glory and all the honor. Amen. Put your hands together for God. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Hey. Now service almost over. Just a moment longer. Lift your hands. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill, touch, bless each and every one. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Ghost, come. Flood our homes. Flood the valley. Flood our state. Flood our nation. A mighty rushing wind. Again, upon our country, the baptism of fire. Again, learning the Word, teaching the Word, and demonstrating the Word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere that we go, we thank you and we praise you. Come on, just wait for a moment. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you.
lift up his countenance towards you be gracious to you give you peace In jesus name amen god bless you praise god don't miss all the different things that are taking place morning prayer goes from seven to nine there's an eight to nine o'clock one as well invite you to come be a part of that Friday night there's prayer here six to eight there's also a noon prayer Wednesday through Friday right here come on plug in press in seek him while he may be found we love you praise God thanks for listening to Kings Chapel Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal powerful and permeating church God's called us to be Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.